0: something that I I feel led on to teach the, m- most of my messages are birth in my morning devotions and my dreams and encounters with God he went when God wants to speak to me He speaks to me in dreams and visions so um, and sometimes when I'm talking to people, when I'm talking to you, God can talk to me about you. Or God can talk to me about something that is bigger than what we are talking about. So this particular teaching, which I started on Tuesday, the Visible Church, it was a dream I had during the 40 days of power, which I've been thinking about. And I saw like a church, not necessarily this building, but I found myself in a church. I think that I have more interest in church things, so God, the Holy Spirit, any, every man of God has what he's interested in. Some men of God love money, or like money, so God will also be showing them a lot of revelations about how to be like create wealth, and, and we all need that, but that is theirs. Ah. Some people, too, they love marriage. So all their revelation is based on how to make your marriage work, how to make a great wife, how to make a great... My own is church. So when, if you're a church worker here, you realize that pastor runs the church like everybody must be a pastor. If I think about what you will stand for as a church worker, you are not supposed to be like a church member. You must, you must think like a leader because one day you can also be a pastor if you're a church worker. Sometimes God opens the door for people to travel and this. Day. ideally when you are traveling you must go like a missionary. You go there, you start working, you must start a church. That is how the early church grew and that is the strategy of lighthouse. If you're a member, even there is member, not even church worker. You remember and you go to Canada. Before you are there, no, they will send entourage. They'll come come and look for a place for you. They'll give you all the materials, pray for you, you start church. And then they can send people there. So I had this dream and I saw a church and people were drinking, people were sleeping together, people were, what was the other one? They were fighting outside. And see, the church was very packed, and I saw an angel-like being, almost I believe was Jesus, standing at the right far corner, folded his hands, and watching the church. And nobody noticed Jesus. So it's like we we they've come to church; they are in church. But they don't know for whose reason they came to church. The object of focus, the object of influence was not their issue. Because the affairs of this life, when we use the word the affairs of this life, it's a very complicated word. It's not Chapter when you say the affairs of this world, you think the troubles of this world. No. The first of this word is the entirety of a man's engagement, experience, encounters, environment. Those, these are forces that can affect a lady or a guy. Are you following? So based on this, these things, you can be in church and not represent church I repeat that you can be in church and not represent church because you are the church and the church is the bride of Christ the church is the focus of Christ the church is the pride of Christ so I want to share on the subject changing the way we think Changing the way we think. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25 to 27. And this sermon was prepared over three months ago. Three months ago. So it's actually the part two of the visible church. But I, when I woke up this morning this was what God said I should share. Husbands love your wives and even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Verse 26. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he might present it to him a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But it But that it should be holy and without blemish. Give me NLT version. NLT version. He said, For husbands, this means love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church, he gave up his life for her, to make her holy and clean, to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. Verse 27. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church. Say a glorious church. Say a glorious church. Without a spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. That's a high, that's a heavy one. Message version. Message version. Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives, exactly as Christ did for the church, exactly a love marked by giving, not getting. Christ's love makes the church whole. His words evoke her beauty. Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best, out of her. Verse 27. Dressing her in the dazzling white silk radiant with holiness. The bride always takes the center stage of a wedding. Okay. That is why God chose the symbol of the bride to represent the church. Every wedding is not the number of cars that come that takes the center stage of the wedding. It is not the beauty of the auditorium that takes the center stage of the wedding. It is not even the dress of the groom But it is the bride that takes the center stage of the wedding. Christ wants the church to turn their heads, their minds, their hearts to him. The church is there because of Christ. And we we are because Christ saved us. And God wants our attention to be centered on Christ as Christians. If the church or a church or our church will be a beautiful place where the presence of the Lord manifests, in purity and power, our attention must be focused on Christ. Our desire, our mind, our heart, our intuitions, our feelings, our thoughts, our motives must be focused on Christ Jesus. That is the only time that People will come to church, their prayers will make sense. People will come to church, their worship will make sense. People will come to church, their faith will make sense. We will come to church and our coming to church will not just be that we are just coming. We are coming to encounter the very sweet presence of the Lord Jesus We have all seen how weddings center on the bride. Even if you are a couple, okay, you are coming up couple and you are preparing for your wedding, you have to give premium to the choices of your bride because the wedding is actually not for you. It's for the bride if you're a guy. So there is a place where you can come to in church work. Where you forget who should take the center stage of your life, and that is why I'm teaching this. You can get to a place in church work where, where you totally—it's like you—you'll be blank. You know, but you forget. That is how come we teach some of the things we've already taught, just to put you into remembrance. You will forget that. Ah, all the, hey, I'm working for Christ. So I'm, I'm here because of Christ. So I'm here because I want to look like Christ. So I'm here. You will forget it, and you will enter into things that will not let your dress radiant with holiness. You enter into things that will not give you an essential satisfaction. In the presence of the Lord. There are people who, who are in church who die. And this death, I'm not talking about physical death. They are by the ark, but they are dead. One day there was an argument and, uh, about Aaron's priesthood. And uh, they said, so, okay, go and put your rod there. Go and put your rod in the ark and let's see whether it's too bad. So the rod was in the ark, but it didn't bud. They placed the rod of Aaron there, the rod began to bud. So it's possible to be in the presence of the Lord and die. And die. I have an aquarium in my office. One of the fish died when I came to see. It's in water, it's an aquatic environment. The food is being. Is automated. There's every four hours or three hours, there's food for them. And it is dead. The others are alive. It's possible to be in the presence of the Lord and die. You are dead to the intuition of the spirit. You are dead to the relevance of your placement in the church and the workforce. You are just dead. You are You are a non-communicative object. The first miracle Jesus performed was at a wedding. We all know that. In the Old Testament, God refers to the people of Israel as his bride. Hosea chapter 2 verse 19 to 20. Hosea chapter 2. Think about the bride as I'm teaching. Think about the wedding bride. If you have been a bridesmaid before, if you have been a groomsman before, look at the intensity of admiration, preparation, and glorification they put on the bride. The cost of, in fact, the budget cost of the wedding is actually on the bride. Left to the man alone, he gets a shirt and trousers in the wedding. But the cost is on the bride. And I will betroth thee unto me forever. Yea, I will betroth thee unto me in righteousness and in judgment and in loving kindness and in mercies. Keep me in the 19. Let me pull out something to you. I will betroth thee Unto me forever. That is, he will make us his bride. Unto him forever. In what? In righteousness. In judgment. In loving kindness. And in mercy. So you see that. God is not just merciful. God is not just loving with kindness. God also is a judge. And God also is righteous. So whatever he will do for us, he will do it in righteousness, in judgment. So he will judge every action, every thought, every intention, every activity, every service, every love we give back to him. He will judge it. Church workers, I pray that this message sinks into you well. That you will see the church and the people of God as the bride of Christ and yourself as a bride. Just imagine the ladies here, just imagine um, you, are, you are a wedding, you are in a wedding bride. Would you want to appear? for your husband-to-be not to smile, you want to get him in that mood to smile. And definitely he will not smile if he doesn't see what he wants to see. That's what I'm talking about. God won't be happy with his church if he doesn't see what he wants to see. Verse 20. I will even betroth thee unto me in faithfulness, and thou shalt know the Lord. The bride of Christ must know the Lord. The church must know the Lord. You and I must know the Lord. Give me another version of that, the message version. And I will marry you for good forever. I will marry you true and prosper. In love and tenderness, verse 20. Yes, I will marry you and neither leave you nor let you go. You will know me, God, for who I really am. If the world is looking for who God is, they must not go to Aristotle or Einstein. They must come to the church where the manifold wisdom is manifested. In the New Testament, Paul likens the nature of the church to the marriage of a husband and wife. We read that. So the the relationship between God and the church is like the relationship between a husband and a wife. And in the Old Testament, we just saw that God said, I will marry you. Listen to me, you are married to God. So when you go to, I think, the Roman Catholic Church, the fathers wear a ring. And that ring, some of the nuns also wear, some of the sisters also wear, is to represent, at the point in time, I think even Christ's temple was doing that for the Omega generation. They had a particular ring they were giving to them to signify, to remind them that they are married, that they are married to Jesus, amen. Thank you. In the final book of the Bible, John describes the greatest wedding of all time taking place at the marriage supper of the lamp. Revelation chapter 19, verses to 9. Please follow the teaching. I have 20 minutes more. And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice. All these scriptures, eh, the choir can be used to sing, to come, come out with songs out of But you will not get inspiration if. You don't have a good relationship with God. You have a relationship with God, but it must be good. It must be sweet. When you have a good relationship with someone, the person can easily talk to you. The person can easily communicate. These are songs. And even the previous verse, they made a song out of it that is quite popular. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him. For the marriage of the lamp is come, and his wife has made herself ready. Church, we must be ready for the lamp. We must be ready. And and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. The church is the bride of Christ and will be the bride of Christ for eternity. Today we are, tomorrow we will be, eternally we will be. The bride of Christ. Today we are. Tomorrow we will be. And eternally we remain the bride of Christ. That should let us know that God's intention for us is forever. He wants to beautify us. He wants us to carry the beauty of his righteousness the beauty of his calling, the beauty of his name, the beauty of his glory, God wants us to carry it. Amen. Amen. God wants us to practically love the church even when she is looking a bit some way. Because God loves the church. Tuesday, I was teaching. I don't know how many of you listen because quite a number of people were not here. And I said that Jesus repeated in John. He said, the love that you show me, I have given it to the church. It means that the same love that God has for Jesus, he has the same love for the church. Therefore, you must have a love for the church and when you love somebody, today I'm going to continue on First Corinthians chapter 13. And I'll teach you two ways. I'm going to stick to my notes today. But I will run through 1 Corinthians chapter 13 again. And show you what is love. When somebody says you love the church, when you say you love someone, I'm going to show you. Because I've been in many places where I hear a lot of things. Sometimes in the office and sometimes in the church. About members, about church workers. Sometimes you are like, oh, what is that? <laughs> but you see, God loves the church. And at the end of the day, what action will you take to get it in the place where God wants us to be? And listen to me, if you are working in an organization, and you are working in the church. You are working for God. You are working for the people. Listen to me. Your life is like a television. Before people. There is nothing secret you will do. That will never be known in the church. Should I repeat that? There is nothing you are doing. That you think that nobody knows. That is not known. It's just because. People have not decided to catch you. Maybe you come to church, they say, you, Ima. You see, the day everybody will say, you, Ima, you see, over 20 hands. And they will say the same thing because the story is known. It happens at work also. Wherever you are, any environment of confinement you are, I will deceive myself thinking that you people, you don't talk about me. And if you're a church worker, like you, Royal Chris, You are leading songs. You are a topic on people's table in their home. Imagine you. You have no idea what people are saying about you. And you and this church—that's how they are. Go to another church. You'll see worse. As long as listen. I was in a barbering shop. They have changed my hairstyle. Don't mind them. My uh, baba has traveled. He said he's traveling, so I'm looking for a new baba. And they went to give me this hair When I came, in, my sons were saying, yeah, this is Rashford. Rashford, said, hey, two people. <laughs> people, there's something wrong with two people. Daddy, this one is nice, so it makes you look like Rashford, like a footballer. So I said, you, I'm not a footballer. But anyway, I was there. They were talking. I'm saying something, that your life is being read. And one of the things he also told me that I keep telling people is that hey, Be careful what you do to a woman. Careful. So I was there and let me tell you the barbering one, then I'll go back to the, I have only 10 minutes. Oh, it's a wild message. Don't worry, when we go to the Revival Flames Camp, there's more to share. We are there and then, when they were barbering, then a popular man of God was preaching on one of the stations. I'm keeping all the information. And they, they were barbering me, but they were, it's like they are Christians. So they were, I was shocked they were listening to a message while they were barbering. I said, oh. "I even told them this is a barbering shop that is very good for kingdom people. Because most barbering shops, they don't play any nice songs there. <laughs> it's like barbers are made to, it's like basketball people anybody who plays basketball like those songs like some games come with a certain lifestyle then we're like we're talking about the man of God this man of God he's good though you you know he's a very generous person do you know uh, my my sister is in the church and then he said that the man has given out uh, 20 cars Hey! The man can even, he'll be driving, he'll drive a car to church and he'll see you and give it to you. If if you go to his house, his wife does not cook. Every evening, the the chef will set food like he, he has security, he has two security, he has two houseboys, he has. Hey, this man, if he's eating, he's always in this. Hey! I was there quietly. When they finished talking, I said, hey, you people are playing a very nice message. But, where from this concern. So, as you are serving God, you are a topic to people. If you're a choir star, you become a topic to people. If you're at your workplace and anywhere you are, you become a topic to people. There is no week, church members don't talk about their pastor or their choir. Or they are When people come to church, I call them. And the first time I call them and I ask them, What is your first impression about the church? They give me very nice responses. Some to keep, be very frank. I said, Be frank. But most of the time, let's say 99%, the responses are very good. Only ones that somebody said, Oh, we don't close early sometimes. We don't close early. And I said, Oh, we are a church of the spirit. We have time, we close. But sometimes it's just like you are eating. They've served you food. The food is nice. You finish eating yours, but there's enough in the kitchen. Yeah, they say, Do you want more? Will you say no? You say yes. Then one, two said, Oh, the, the building, should, we should do it fast. And I said, Oh, give me money fast. And she started laughing on the phone. <laughs> but apart from that, All their comments are good. The message, the choir, even the sound in this atmosphere, they thank, they praise the church, even with their sound. The reception. Last week, I called the people who came. They gave, they heaped so much praise on the people who welcomed them from the entrance. So much praise. And I'm like, I've not even trained them on what I want them to do. they They welcome me. I even forgot that I was coming to church. I felt like it was a family meeting I was coming to. People talk. People talk. And I want you to know that when you are serving in the church, you are serving as a bride and you are serving the bride two things. You are serving as a bride and you are serving the bride. People talk. God wants us to practically fall in love with the church. Fall in love with the church. And when you fall in love with the church, you will not harm the church with your attitude, your words, and your actions. Following the death of Stephen and also before the conversion of Saul, persecutions were very great against the church. Acts chapter 8 verse 1 to 3. And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time, there was a great persecution against the church. Because of time, I can't read all. So I'm giving you a picture. Follow the picture. But on the road of Damascus, all that changed because Saul had an encounter with Jesus. The same Saul that was persecuting the church, the same Saul that was destroying the church, And he kept killing the people. Arresting the people. But on the road of Damascus, Acts chapter 9 verse 4 to 5, that whole scenario changed. When you encounter Jesus, you must change. (laughs) When you encounter Jesus, there must be a change of life. Period. That That is the... The crust of our encounter with Christ. Apart from that, every other thing is auxiliary. You encounter Christ, you get a car, it's a bonus. You encounter Christ, you get the money, it's a bonus. You encounter Christ, you get wealthy, it's a bonus. Because prosperity is as a product of our relationship with God. God bless man because of the relationship he had with man. He created man, he owned man. He called man his own. He let us create man after our likeness and in our... So man was actually a relationship, a product of a relationship from God. Then after he created man, out of that relationship, the Bible said, God blessed man. God didn't bless man before he created man. He created man before he blessed him. So when you have an encounter with Christ, the bonus is a blessing. I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper, even as thy soul, blah, 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 blah. From your spiritual prosperity, every other thing can fall in place. But a true encounter with Christ is that, he said, look at what Jesus said when Paul was persecuted and he fell to the ground when the light struck and blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of theology about it. I'm not teaching today. And heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, so, Saul, so, Saul, so, why persecuted thou me? He said, Jesus didn't say, Saul, so, 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 why are you persecuting the church? He said, Saul, so, 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 why are you persecuting me? But Saul was not chasing Jesus. Saul was not testing Jesus because Jesus had died. He is resurrected. He has ascended. Even Pentecost has taken place in Acts chapter 3. He, uh, Acts chapter 2. He is gone physically. But this is Jesus. Paul encountering Jesus on the road to Damascus, and Jesus is telling him, Why are you persecuting the church? Can I present you? When you insult the church, you have insulted Christ. When you insult a pastor, you have assaulted Christ. When you insult, when you malhandle a church member, you have malhandled Christ. That is not me saying it is here. May you see the church as the bride of Christ. May you see yourself as a bride of Christ. When you disgrace the church, you have disgraced Christ. When you disgrace yourself, you have disgraced Christ. That is a heavy thought that can be on you and guide you. Anytime you go beyond your circumference of calmness in the Lord, I watch people and I see people change. When a man or a woman is changing, You see that the person just becomes very loose. Any great man you see is very controlled. Leaders are controlled. Leaders live within a certain confinement of control. If a man cannot cannot control himself, cannot be controlled, is not controlled, that person is doomed. If you can't control your anger, you can't control your feelings, you can't control your lust, you can't control your thoughts, you'll be in danger. Can you imagine that God puts you in a place like pastor? Then you will literally sleep with all the girls that have problems and come to you. Or you literally sleep with, you can, you, you can sleep with thousand girls. Because you come across different kinds of women. Church work is not for jokers. It's for men and women who are controlled. You have to control yourself because you are the bride of Christ. You are doing like this. It's not easy. You have to control yourself you have to. Because at the end of the day, a lot depends on character than gifts. The reason that 21st century church doesn't look powerful is because there's too much emphasis on gifts and there's less emphasis on character. But our encounter with Christ must bring a transformation. Look at Saul. Look at the next verse, verse five. Saul was persecuting the church. He truly encounters Christ, and he has changed. Other things came in. He didn't. Be. Other things. Paul was a bit prideful. He would say something here and there. But you see that he was largely controlled by the Spirit. Your life must change when you encounter Christ your life must change when you encounter Christ. That's all I'm saying. He said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecuted. It is hard for thee to kick against the prey. Who art thou? And Jesus said, you are persecuting me. He has not seen Jesus that he's chasing, but the church. I pray that this short teaching will spark something in you. I pray that you will realize that you are a bride of Christ and the church is the bride of Christ. I pray that your mind will be glorifying to Christ, our thoughts will be glorifying to Christ. Strive to grow. Strive to mature. Strive to look like Christ because all you are doing in church is to look like Christ daily if you are not looking like Christ daily, every time you must add up to the measure of Christ in our thought. That is the business of the Christian. And that should be the business of the church. That the messages that are coming through the pulpit, is not just making you rich. It's not just motivating you to achieve. I will not center my messages on motivating people to be rich. It's not part of the calling that God gave me. I will keep preaching to push you to look like Christ. Because at the end of the day, that will be the test. That will be what God will clap for when God is sitting on the throne. He doesn't clap when you get a car. Let me tell you. He doesn't know when you get a house. It's normal. Unbelievers are having and having it more. But when he looks down and he sees Christ in us, He claps. He's happy. He says, ah, these people are responding to my love. Because he'll keep loving you, loving us. He keeps loving us. But our response to his love is when we begin to look like Christ. When our speeches are controlled by Christ, our actions are controlled by Christ, our character is controlled by Christ, you don't sit down as a lady and say, I want to marry somebody's husband. As a Christian, you are crazy. There's something wrong with you. You don't sit down as a lady and then by all means I have to marry this guy. Something is wrong with you. You don't sit down as a young man You have three girlfriends. Something is, as a Christian, you you should be afraid. You must ask yourself, am I really a Christian? Am I one of the people that Jesus was talking about who said, they'll say, Lord, 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 Lord. Hi. Should they... The Christ-likeness must be amplified in our speeches. When you are part of a team, what, what do you bring on board? Husband, wife. Has your wife seen you growing in Christ? Has your husband seen you growing in Christ? There was a marital challenge one time, and some years ago, I got involved. And I called the husband after talking to the lady, and then the husband was crying because the husband had stepped out of marriage and married another lady and blah, blah, blah. And the woman brought it up. After and talked to the person one-on-one, I was speaking to the guy one-on-one, and he started crying. He said, Tessa, he started crying. The man was crying. He said, Tessa, if my wife had met you earlier... I wouldn't have done what I did. I said, what do you mean? She said, every time I see my wife, she keeps changing from the one I used to know. Since she mentioned to me that she has connected to you, she keeps changing. And if this is what I see now was what I was seeing then, I wouldn't have done what I've done. It is not just about getting money. It's not just about Getting rich, it's about going through what you are going through and showing forth the Christ likeness. I'm telling you, if the church is showing the character of Christ, the church will be stronger than what we see now. But now, when people talk about when you go for evangelism, they think that you want to come and take their money. If you are doing a program, you say they should and take their money, is money. But I'm praying that you and I. Who partner with the Holy Spirit and do something for the kingdom. Give the Lord a mighty clap offering. Your clapping is not inspiring. Please close your eyes and pray for one minute. Pray for one minute. Say, God, help me. Help my infirmities. Personalize the prayer. Help my infirmities. Help me. Help me. Help me. Respond to your love. Thank you for loving me. Thank him for loving you. Thank him that, Lord, help me to respond to your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a clap offering someone. I pray that my teaching is blessing you and making you a better person in Christ Jesus. And that will be my joy, that people are transforming and growing into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ.